Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome in to GC Live Long Time no see Wes. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't seen all of our lovely subscribers in such a long time. So excited to be back here on game day Eve as we get ready for South Carolina to take on Vanderbilt tomorrow at noon. Wes, how are we doing on this lovely Friday? We are good. Kendall, I feel like you, uh, as you're filling in for Chris Clark today, you just let everybody miss you for about three or four weeks. And then you hop in just so you can get the Hey, did you miss me, guys? Little return every single time. So, welcome back again. Kendall joining us in place of Chris Clark. Final preview episode here, South Carolina versus Vanderbilt. And, uh, Kendall, are you going to be able to watch the game tomorrow? I know you're not going to be able to go to the game. Or will you be at one of your 48 different jobs tomorrow? So, I will be at a job tomorrow. I'll be at a Davidson basketball game, but no worries. We got these handy dandy iPhones here that have been around for a couple years now. So, I'll be able to get it on my iPhone, turn on my YouTube TV, and watch the game. It usually doesn't go well for me when I do that, though, because I'll like start making weird noises and like clench my fists together and make faces, and people don't know what I'm watching. So, they think I'm crazy, but I've done it so many times. When South Carolina played Georgia, the people that I work with here at the baseball stadium were like, you actually looked crazy. You looked possessed because I was walking around with my phone this close to my face. I had that 11 in between my eyebrows because I was frowning at the camera. So yes, I will be watching the game. I'm sad I can't be there, but I'm excited because it's game day at Willie B. It doesn't get any better than that. And I know you'll be there, Wes. Yes, I'll be there. Uh, So the Davidson crowd is going to get their first look at that side of you, which will be. um, (laughs) It's only my first week there. So they're going to be like, this girl is nuts. We hired a crazy girl. Yes, you did. Scary moment for them. So I I wish them luck. But um, yeah, welcome into everybody. Um, Welcome. I know we got some of our normal crowd already in the chat. What's up? Hope you all are doing well. Another winnable game for South Carolina. And as always, this show brought to you by our buddy Clint Hammond, Movement Mortgage, ClintonHammond.com. 803-771-6933. 803-771-6933. Mortgage rates have not been great, but um, there are some signs they could be dropping soon. And also, if, if you're like me and my wife and you just were ready to buy a house and you were like, hey, we're doing it, Clint is your guy. There's a lot of options you may have that you may not know about. So Clint will walk you through that. And also, he'll preview the game for you while you're you're talking about mortgages because he's that big of a Gamecock fan. So shout out, Clint. Appreciate you as always, man. And uh, Kendall, I I look at this game in two ways, in two sort of windows, one being another winnable game for South Carolina, but two being I think their last chance to kind of start to put it all together if you're going to go into the Kentucky and Clemson games. And if the fans are going to feel any type of positive vibe at all going into those two games, 
I think it kind of has to start with a clean football game this week against Vanderbilt. I think that was a frustration for a lot of fans from last week. It wasn't that you were frustrated with a win or a close win. It was more just about, in my opinion, the fact that there were just some ugly moments, still things that South Carolina has been unable to clean up. And I think you're kind of looking ahead and saying, if they're going to find a way to win out and get to a bowl, they're just going to have to play a good bit better than what we saw last week. Well, we hate the term must win, but as we know, every single game from here on out for South Carolina in the regular season is a must win. And I agree with you, Wes, when you're looking beyond this week, and obviously you want to try to keep it on a week-to-week basis if you're South Carolina, but you have it in the back of your mind that you're playing Kentucky at home next week, and then the week after You've got Clemson. If you want to get to six wins, you've got to win every single game. So they go into this game against Vanderbilt, I think, with some confidence. But also in that game last week, there was a little bit to be concerned about as well. If if you're South Carolina, obviously didn't go the way that a lot of fans expected it to go or wanted it to go. I'm sure the team obviously felt the same way. So this week, a chance, like you said, to maybe build that confidence up just a little bit before they head into that last stretch of games, which will certainly prove to be a test. But Wes, for you, it's the pre-game day check-in that we're about to do. Check-in on the vibe. We call it a vibe check now. So what is your vibe check? What are just right off the bat your instant feelings today about tomorrow's game? Yeah, you know, vibe check is obviously – you're going to have to bring your own energy a little bit if you're South Carolina. Like, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to have a crowd there. You always do at Williams Price Stadium. But a couple of our folks here in the chat making a very good point, I think, Kendall, it could be nasty weather tomorrow. You certainly, now we all know that can change, but as of, you know, kind of late this week going into it, looking like certainly rain during the tailgating time. So, you're already cutting that down a little bit because of a noon kickoff, back-to-back noon kickoffs. And, you know, I, I think you go into it, you're, you're not going to quite have that energy from the crowd, from the atmosphere that you're going to have next week when Kentucky and Stoops roll into town on a 7.30 kick with the the sounds of Rude getting everybody pumped yes. in person, Kendall. I'm so, so excited. So, I mean – Bring your own juice, right? Like, if you're South Carolina, you you got to come out and, and play like this is your Super Bowl because you do need to finally start to put it all together. Not that anybody expects you to play perfect, but just minimize some of the errors that we have seen really the last two weeks. I, I thought the A&M game, frankly, was very winnable. Um, I maybe didn't even think that going in, but just watching the game play out, it just felt like little errors just stacked on top of each other. And, and force them to to be in comeback mode in that game. So this is a Vandy team. They, they just have not been that good this year, Kendall. Um, you look back, South Carolina has won 14 straight. But those have not all been blowouts. Yeah, knock on your head there. I mean, come those, on, knock on wood. Wes, have, can't be saying that in these conditions. <laughs> yeah, those have not been blowouts. But I, I think you look at, this Vandy team, and over those years, you could kind of count on, uh, hey, this year they got a pretty good offense. Or another year, just pick a random team. Wow, they're actually pretty good on defense. And you could kind of look back and say, well, hey, this guy played in the NFL, or that guy goes on to play in the NFL. 
this Vandy team, in terms of both their offense and defense, at least statistically, they're kind of at the bottom in terms of yards yards allowed, points allowed on defense, you know, yards gained, points scored on offense. And so just the combination kind of of them being bad on both sides of the ball, uh, that really sticks out to me. There's two areas they've been decent at. And we're, we're going to hear from Chris Lee of VandySports.com. He sat, or he spoke with Tyler Head, 107.5. He'll go into this a little bit more here when we, when we play his interview. But they've been pretty good at creating explosive plays. They've been pretty good at getting turnovers on defense. So those are your two things off the bat I think you like circle going into this game as just areas to watch. But as far as the actual matchup, this game should go in your favor if you're South Carolina, which how many games have we sat here and been like, man, that's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup. That Throughout the year, this has been such a difficult schedule. You got to take advantage of playing a team that you have the matchup advantage and that you play at home and, and just not let them hang around and sneak up on you in this game. Well, I think it's fascinating what you just said. And Chris Clark actually wrote this in an article on GamecockCentral.com earlier in the week. So go check out all of our articles because not me, but the staff has been working very hard at making sure that you guys are kept up to speed on everything you need to know. But you mentioned defensive takeaways there. And Vanderbilt is in the top fourth of the conference in defensive takeaways. So again, that's one of the areas that they have been better at this year. So Wes, if you are South Carolina, if you're this Gamecocks offense, how are you minimizing that? How are you making sure that that isn't a cause for concern this week? You know, I think some of it is just keep doing what you've been doing in terms of that on offense. That was such a key all off season. We heard Beamer, I mean, it sounded like, I remember us joking that it sounded like he like woke up in the middle of the night during the offseason thinking about the turnovers that they had last year. They were very, they were just not good at protecting the ball last year in, in any phase, passing game or, you know, had quite a few fumbles. This year, they've been much better at that. I don't think you want to like overemphasize it. I think you got to keep doing what you've been doing on that side. The interesting thing about Vandy, they're kind of like South Carolina last year in that, they create a bunch of turnovers, but they also are giving the ball away themselves too. So I, I think some of the turnover conversation for South Carolina is keep doing what you've been doing. And then I think on the other side, it's can you do what you did last week against Jacksonville State, which you couldn't do for, what, all of October, and that's create these turnovers and put yourself back in those short fields and, and in positions where you can go make plays because – uh, the, the other thing about if you turn the football over to Vandy, this is a South Carolina defense that just, I think, has shown signs of improvements at times. But go back to A&M, an offense that I think is kind of middle of the road, middle of the pack, they got a lot of short fields on South Carolina's defense. And that that made it very difficult for a defense that ha- has had their struggles to then also keep them from scoring. So I, I think Forrest Vanderbilt, they're not a very aggressive team. That's one thing, another thing Chris Lee will talk about here. I, I feel like I'm about to keep stealing his thunder, but he has some, he has some good stuff. And they, they just haven't been super aggressive. Now, they do create some explosive plays. Some of that is something we've seen South Carolina struggle with. Short passes that turn into to long gains. 
They also, uh, I think, will hit a few plays down on the field, down the field on you. That's something South Carolina for a, a ton of the year, going all the way back to what Mississippi State game, even North Carolina game, downfield throws where it looks like Carolina has a defender in the area, but they don't make a play on the ball. You know, that's uh, that's been an issue. That'll be something to keep an eye on because this is a pretty good, especially compared to the rest of what they have going for them. This is a, a pretty darn good receiving core for Vanderbilt. Yeah, and they have a fascinating offense, and we'll get into that a little bit more as this show continues. But want to answer this question here from Greg Lee. Shout out to you for answering such or asking such a great question. Uh, my man, Wes, what is the biggest key to getting the run game going this week? Same five offensive line for the entire game or better perimeter blocking? Wes, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, you don't want to take this one, Kendall? Um but I'll uh, so shout out Greg. He he dropped a tip for us there. I'll um, I'll I'll split that with you, Kendall. I'll I'll shoot you the two dollars and twenty five cent there, so we can split the tip. But uh, no, nah, appreciate you, Greg. Good buddy of mine, and uh, I I kind of like how he framed that up because they've had like a different offensive line every game. L- mm-hmm. Literally, the starters have been different every game, and then. It's like they just have not been able to get through an entire game with the same five, whether it be injuries or at times just feeling like they had to rotate guys in because this guy's struggling, this guy's struggling. So, you know, I think if they could just play the same five and let them be on the same page all game long, that could go a long way this week. Uh, Beamer talked about this on his call show yesterday. It looks like – it's going to be the same five they started out with last week. Now they had to shuffle last week as well, but looks like Ja'Kai Moore is back in there. So it'll probably be big tree at left tackle, Ja'Kai at left guard, Nick Gargiulo at center, Trowball at right guard, and then Vershawn Lee at right tackle. So that's very close to the five that played so well against Florida. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a Vandy defense. Carolina can maybe get right against and kind of feel kind of build some confidence get the running game going I look at this offense they're very hit or miss when it's just the passing game like they are highly highly reliant on big plays down the field and I think you can see why that is you have a quarterback like Spencer and you have a big play guy like Leggett so it's kind of like all right it either bogs down or those guys go make a huge play for you well, when the running game gets going and they start to have that balance and Mario Anderson gets going, Juju makes a play here or there, I think you see what we saw against Florida, and that was a much more efficient, consistent offense. And it wasn't perfect, but they I felt like just kind of moved the ball at a little bit more of an efficient pace as opposed to being just very hit or miss. And so I, I think – yeah, perimeter blocking, always important. But if you could just circle one thing for this team and say, wave a magic wand, you can have this for this week. I think having the same five, them being healthy, confident, comfortable, would go a long way for this offense. Yeah, consistency is key. If I was going to answer that question, if it was uh, directed at Kendall, I would have given the same answer, Wes. The I exact agree. same one? 
The exact same answer word for word. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think that it's important for these guys to get on the same page. And we haven't seen that consistency at offensive line throughout the entire season. And that's tough, not only if you're the offensive line, but for the rest of the offense as well, for Spencer Rattler, for those guys up front that are protecting him. You know, he's had a really good season given the circumstances. But I think that if you just start to kind of streamline it, find that consistency as you head into these last few games, then you're feeling a lot better as you have to win out to get to those six wins. But Wes, I don't know when you want to hit up this Chris Lee interview. We've been talking about it here for a little bit. You want to get into the offense first that we were talking about with Vandy, or do you want to let our man Chris talk a little bit for some background? Well, I feel like I've just been still in his thunder. So let, let's just go on out there. Uh, we don't have Chris Clark today, but we do have Chris Lee. So, um, by, by the I way, I only do asked, this with Wes. Like, Chris will never say, Kendall, do you want to come on with me because Wes can't do it? Wow. I have a bone yeah. to pick with Chris Clark. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's not listening to us right now, but I'm going to pass along that message Please for do. you. I will send um, him a text. Chris actually up there, um, Chris was on the Yale campus today. I don't know. Maybe he's going for his uh, master's. I think Yale wants him to. No, he, he's actually meeting he with Dante. He has four Rito. years of eligibility left. Yes. Uh, I, I asked him to find some Nick Gargiulo stories up there because I got a feeling there's probably a couple of good ones. But yeah. um, look out for some of that next week on Gamecock Central. He uh, met with Dante Reno up there in person and I think was going to maybe meet his dad too, who obviously is the head football coach at Yale. So pretty cool. But, yeah, let, let's go yeah, out to Chris Lee. Potential uh, scholarship opportunities. Well, no – I guess it would have to be a, a academic scholarship for Chris at that point. So we'll see. Maybe, Maybe he could be the kicker. I don't. I don't know, Kendall. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go out to Chris Lee. This is actually just like we've been doing the last few weeks. This is an interview with Tyler Head, one zero seven five. He's our host every morning, host of GC Takeover Hour, and this is about ten minutes. But Chris Lee, I mean, does a fantastic job, top to bottom, covering. Vanderbilt so we we took it with permission from Tyler so here that is Tyler head with Chris Lee VandySports.com on 107.5 the game extra point Tyler head along with you on this football Friday getting you set for the Gamecocks and the Commodores coming up tomorrow at noon which you can listen to right here on the game pregame coverage starting with myself and Terry Ford live out at the party lot at Sound Images on Bluff Road bright and early 7 a.m. out there uh, getting you set uh, for the game tomorrow morning. To give us more insight into this Vanderbilt's football program, joining me now on the Love Shirley phone lines, Chris Lee from VandySports.com. Chris, first of all, thanks so much for taking a little bit of your time this morning to uh, talk to us about Vanderbilt. Uh, I looked back to last season, year two under Clark Lee, where this team uh, ended up going um, uh, uh, five and seven, picking up wins over Kentucky and Florida late in the season. What was the expectation for Clark Lee and Vanderbilt in year three? And, and where is the level of disappointment with this team only being at two and eight through 10 games this season? Well, let's rewind to last year because I think that's important context for the conversation here. Vanderbilt, about this time a year ago, had gotten his doors blown off in several SEC games. At the end of the year, they go pull an upset at Kentucky and then follow that up with the win against Florida the next week uh, in games in which they were both double-digit underdogs. And so 
I think if you looked at computer rankings, which considered margins of victory and things like that, you look at some of the games they got beat 50 by Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. There was one side of data that, that said, hey, this program's a long way off. The other side of data was what I just mentioned. It was those wins. And so I think they looked at it and said, hey, we're, we're in a program where – and, guys, this was not a normal Vanderbilt rebuild. This was harder than, than most Vanderbilt rebuilds. I won't get into all the reasons for that because it would take me an hour easily. Uh, but just if you can trust me on that, I, I think that they felt like they were getting out of the weight of what Clark Lee inherited, which was just a lot of off-field baggage – for a lot of his players, and we're turning a corner that had something positive to build on. And I think they looked at those wins at the end of the year and said, hey, this this is what we're about to be. We've got some breakthrough wins. we got some confidence we can build on. If you went to fall camp practices, and I did, you could also see that there were some big deficiencies. Uh, the cornerback was one of them. And the lines of scrimmage were where I had some questions. And, and it's kind of hard to tell there because their their offensive line is scrimmage against their defensive line, and so um, you just don't know how that's going to resolve to play other people. When they started playing other people, uh, it became very clear that that the cornerback issue was a huge issue, and it also became clear that that when they looked good on the lines of scrimmage in in camp, you could kind of point the finger at the other side of the ball. I, I know that's a long answer, but here's what I'm getting at. I, I think that the, the wins at the end of last season set a baseline of expectations where I think they thought they were going to a bowl game. And the reason I know that the first two years, everything was about being our best Vanderbilt and they knew they were overmatched. But I think at the end of the year, they thought, hey, we've made a breakthrough we're going to build on that in the off season. And they started talking about a bowl game as being a goal Whereas they'd never put win loss goals on anything the first two years. So I, I think what ended up happening was there was a little bit of over optimism and I was included in that uh, based on the way they ended the season and, and the normal trajectory of the program where most coaches in a rebuild, they start to improve. Turned out it looked to me like that was fool's gold. Uh, this is a line of scrimmage league and a talent league. I think they had too many deficiencies uh, to, to really get to where they wanted to go now in hindsight. And, and I think uh, there, there's some coaching deficiencies too. I think they'll probably have some changes at some coaching positions. Uh, one, if maybe not both coordinators, that's a much longer answer than you bargained for, but it's handable. The answer is always complicated. And I hope that made sense. No, that that makes absolute uh, sense. And talking about the talent there, you had a tweet a couple weeks ago that I thought kind of painted a really good picture when you kind of look at where Vanderbilt sits from a talent perspective compared to some of the other schools in the SEC. Uh, and you kind of used a, almost kind of a, a drafting analogy, but I thought it painted a really good picture there. Yeah, and, and there were two more tweets underneath that that I, I think, you know, the way Twitter works is, you only get so many characters and there was a little bit more to say there. There were a couple more tweets attached to that. I think people saw the top one and maybe not the bottom ones. No, the, the top one was true. I, I think if you could roughly equate college football to an NFL draft, um, basically the SEC is, is like a draft where all these teams get a first round pick and a second round pick and that, and, and you have 25 rounds of a draft. And, and the analogy I was making is if you're Vanderbilt, you don't really start picking until round 12. Uh, and then you get a couple of picks to round out your roster. By that point, everybody has skimmed the cream of the crop off the top. So, I mean, imagine trying to win in the NFL under that circumstance. The second layer to that 
is you get a free agency period, which is now the portal in NIL. And the thing that I put down there that I think is even – and I think people miss this because they just didn't see the tweet. I think this part is at least as problematic, if not more. Then in the free agency portion, you've got a budget that is no more than 10% of, of the top end of the schools for which you get to patch holes in your Austrian free agency. And, and I, I think it might be closer to even 2 to 5% of what other schools have for NIL. Um, so, so you, in, in the draft, you start picking later than everybody else in a free agency. Um, you, you know, you got money to maybe go buy a backup corner somewhere. I, I don't know how you win in that circumstance, throw in the fact of, of all the history, uh, the fact that you go to games there and, and their fans, like I was at the Auburn game last week, the, the, their stadium now seats 28,000. There were a couple thousand empty seats. I'm going to guess there were maybe five or 6,000 Vandy fans there. Mm-hmm. And it was homecoming, and, and that's just a common occurrence. I mean, you're just looking at a program where right now everything is stacked against them, and, and they're going to have to find some answers in the offseason, and, and, and it's going to have to depart from the normal Vandy blueprint of, of this or that because I've covered it for too long, and I know if they approach it the way they normally approach it, it it's just it, it's a waste of time. Again, talking to Chris Lee from VandySports.com, turning our attention to tomorrow's game. While Vanderbilt is on the lower end in a lot of statistical categories in the SEC, one thing they do really, really well is generate explosive plays. Well, what's kind of the key to that success for this team this season? They've got a good wide receiver room. That was one thing that, that I said in fall camp. Hey, I think they've got some players here, and, and that has translated. Um now, the problem is they've got a kid in Will Shepard, who's their number one wideout, was a preseason, second, third, all-SEC guy, depending on where you looked. And he just has looked checked out in recent weeks. He's, he's not playing well. He's making mistakes. His, his hustle has been questioned at times. Um, I, I hate to do that with a with college kid, uh, but, but I think there's also some truth to that. Now, they've got some other kids. They've got Jaden McGowan, who's from South Carolina one of the fastest kids on the team. They've got a kid in London Humphreys who's a true freshman um, who has made several long touchdowns this year was a hundred meter sprint champion in Tennessee last year. Uh, they, they've got some other pieces of players who are nice. Junior Cheryl, who's a local kid. You've seen them make explosive plays at times. Um, first series of the Georgia game, Humphreys caught a 49 yard touchdown. That's in their DNA. They, they have made some big plays even against some good teams. The problem is their offensive line is awful. They cannot establish the run. I think they try to establish the run too much. They just do not have the pieces there. Uh, and they've turned it over a lot. Their turnover rate's the highest in the league. The, the formula for them is that they can cut out the mistakes, I think maybe call fewer runs, and, and dial into what works, which is some explosive pass plays. And I think the switch to Ken Seals helped too. Uh, their, their quarterback, who's made a lot fewer mistakes than A.J. Swan did, against a, a much tougher sample size of a schedule, too. Um, I, I think there's something they can work with, uh, but they've not been able to make that work. And I think a lot of that probably goes back to offensive line and, and just some very conservative play calling when the game is in the balance. They seem to do more of their damage when they're three touchdowns behind and they throw a little more caution to the win. So uh, th- th- there's some there's some ways that I could see them giving Carolina a game tomorrow I'm just not sure about their willingness to get there with the play calling. Now, uh, when you look at this matchup tomorrow, South Carolina struggles mightily on defense themselves. 
particularly when it comes to the past. There have been many quarterbacks this season that have come in uh, not having uh, a breakout game, and then they end up having it against South Carolina. Where are those specific reasons uh, or or areas of optimism you feel like that South or excuse me that Vanderbilt could exploit against South Carolina's defense? I think it's in the passing game. I think it's, again, it's it's getting the ball to Humphreys and Cheryl and and Will Shepard uh, and some of those guys and, and making some long touchdowns and getting some stops, which they, they, they have been awful at getting stops. They've been an awful third-down team on offense and defense. You start getting a few more conversions. You increase the time your offense is on the field. You increase the time your defense is off the field. Uh, the, the other thing that's kind of gone hidden is as bad as their defense is, they've had a couple of defensive scores um, and, and another time or two where they've had the ball inside, say, the 5 or the 10, where they've taken a turnover. So um, they got a pick six last week against Auburn. Um, as bad as the defense is, it has shown the ability the last couple of years to, um, you know, to, to put up some scores. Um, so I think that's the thing, too, if Vanderbilt's going to win the game. It's going to have to win the turnover battle and maybe even get a touchdown on special teams or defense. I, I would say, um, I'm not going to say they have to, uh, but look, South Carolina is a 14-point favorite for a reason here. Right. Uh, okay, Chris, I'm uh, up against the break here. Appreciate your insight into the Vanderbilt program and uh, excited to see what happens tomorrow uh, out of williams Rice Stadium. All right, you heard it there from Chris Lee of VandySports.com earlier today on 107.5 The Game alongside of Tyler Head. Definitely miss Tyler and all the 107.5 fam. And speaking of which, shameless plug, you can listen to the Gamecock Central Hour every day, Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. presented by Firehouse Subs. Wes is on it, Chris is on it, Tyler's on it. And one of these days, I'm going to call in and just totally shock them and pretend to be somebody else. I'm going to use I think, like a I think Chris option. Lee took your spot today, Kendall. He did. He took your old spot. He was on it at nine o'clock. Uh, and Colin Taylor isn't on there anymore. Our show is completely done. It got canceled after six months. Yes. That's what happens. I don't know. But, anyways, a lot of interesting and really good stuff that we heard there from Chris Lee. I want to say Clark Lee. Like, that's tough. Chris Lee, Clark Lee. It's Chris Lee with VandySports.com. And he had a lot of great insight there into the Vanderbilt football program, talked a lot at the beginning about the expectations. They had some high moments last year, but this season has just been top to bottom disappointing for them. And kind of towards the end of that, he was talking a little bit about the Vandy offense. He said it's a bad offensive line. He got a pretty good receiver room. They can do a little bit with some explosive plays, and he wants to see them run less. Tyler said it in the interview, but South Carolina's defense has been exploited multiple times this season. They've had a tough go quite a bit. So Wes, you've watched Vanderbilt. You've prepped for this game. You've seen what they did last week against Auburn earlier in the season. You've obviously watched South Carolina every week. So how do you think South Carolina's defense, which can struggle at times, will stack up against a Vandy offense that does struggle, but has had some bright moments? You know, I think I'm a little bit torn on that aspect. Like I I kind of, I, I feel like the offense will will move the ball against Vanderbilt's defense. And I, I feel fairly confident in that. On the other side, I'm a little bit – it's kind of like, all right, Vandy has not been very good offensively, but we know what South Carolina has been defensively. What kind of gives here? And the fact that they've struggled on the offensive line, I do think not, – not that South Carolina has been dominant up front, but 
I think that maybe lends itself a little bit more into South Carolina's favor and having a little bit better day at the office in terms of defensive performance because I do think they can win that battle up front. I think this is a big this is a big game for you know your TJ Sanders of the world, your Tonka Hemingways, Jordan Strong, all those guys up front. You need for them to have a big day and sort of just put Vanderbilt off schedule and out of these you know, when, when South Carolina can avoid these second and third and short situations, that's when that's when most defenses are at their best. But I, I think certainly this one has kind of struggled in those spots, in those situations. And Vandy does, as you mentioned earlier, they run a two-quarterback system for the most part. Now, you know, they, they kind of have their guy, but at the same time they have situations where um, they will go to uh, Walter Taylor and he's just a big, like, massive dude, six seven. will run the football. I, I think he threw it, like, maybe three times last week. So you have to be you have to be aware he'll throw the football. But for the most part, you kind of know what you're getting when he's in the game. And, and kind of if you want to put that on something with South Carolina and one of their struggles, Clayton White talked about it this week. Against Jacksonville State, the number of, like, third and short situations – second short situations where South Carolina was not able to put themselves in a spot to get off the field. Um, you know, it, it was numerous. So I, I think if you're South Carolina, of you got to just avoid the third and ones, the third and twos in the first place. And then you don't have to worry about making a short yardage play because I, I guarantee Vandy's going to go to this kid in those scenarios and just try to grind this thing out. I, I think, I think if I'm Vandy, it's the complete opposite of what we saw Jacksonville State, which is like run to the line of scrimmage, tempo, tempo, tempo. If I'm Vandy, I want Spencer Rattler on the sideline. And I, I'm sort of saying I can grind this out against this South Carolina defense. Uh, I know Chris Lee wants them to run the football less, but if I'm them, I'm trying to do everything I can to just have these long, drawn-out drives. And uh, good point from Travis Edwards here too. Chris Lee is a great interview. Honest in his assessments. Hey, that dude don't hold back, Kendall. Like he's he's like, nah, awful here, awful there. He's not hustling, like he doesn't care. Like he I was give shocked, it to so, you. I was a little bit shocked by that. Um Shepherd for them, uh, who he was referring to there, their receiver, I think he's their he's gotta be their best NFL guy. And so he he he's a bona fide player. Like he could go play for any team in the SEC, I think, and, and make an impact. And so when you're sitting there and your your guy, your star, you're kind of ha- even having to question it, Kendall. Like even having even having that thought, I, I think is it's a bad sign for where they're at right now. And if you listen to Chris Lee, they they're nowhere close to being able to kind of dig out of this thing it sounds like yeah no it was an honest review to say the least and I certainly respect that I mean if you're Vanderbilt it's got to be tough and to cover Vanderbilt I think that would be really hard Wes you've covered South Carolina for how many years now over a decade I'm right a lot I'm we won't that. make him say but I've covered South Carolina now for three years but I was there in the first couple of years of college it was the must champ era and you know that was hard. It was difficult in that time. And I wasn't even with Gamecock Central. So I couldn't imagine that being someone who covers Vanderbilt or has to 
be around the program on a day-to-day -day basis, that would get tough because there doesn't seem to be a sense of positivity. Like last year, maybe a little bit because you had a couple of kind of statement wins for a program like Vanderbilt, but then you're just back to square one, it seems, this year. So this is a game that South Carolina absolutely should win. They're the favorite for a reason. And Wes, kind of what I took from what you said there is that you don't really have like a concern about this two quarterback system that they've been running at Vandy because you think that South Carolina will just kind of know what to expect depending on who's there. Yeah, I think they will. Now, whether they can execute it, if they're in those third and one situations, you know, I think is, is another thing entirely. But I, I think you got to try to keep them out of those if you're South Carolina and just execute well enough on offense where I do think you have a decent advantage that none of this matters. You know, that's the one thing to just negate all this is if Rattler and Leggett and all those guys can just go do their thing against a defense that has not been good, then you can give up some yardage on defense, and it, it really won't matter because you're they're just chasing you, and, and this is not a Vandy team. You look, you look at every game they've played. Like, if you pull up the final scores of the SEC games they've played, it's almost always that they lose by – kind of between two touchdowns and three touchdowns. And going back and looking, some of those games, that's like a late score from Vandy. Like, they don't quit. They're not going to quit. They're going to battle it out to the end. But those games probably aren't even quite as close as maybe they appear in the score. But also, they're not getting beat by 50 each week. So you have to show up if you're South Carolina. And uh, But, I mean, I think the closest game they've had in SEC play was last week against Auburn, and um, they they lost by 16. So, it, you know, that that's kind of just been the season for them. They've not really had games that went down to the wire. We know South Carolina went down to the wire with them two years ago at Williams-Brice. The great Zeb Nolan had to come out and, and kind of save the day. And, you know, but I, I, I don't think South Carolina, even with the struggles of this year, I don't think they're in in that spot anymore. Now, you always you always have the caveat of it's football, right? It's sports. Any there's always that ten percent of, hey, they just come out and play great, and you play bad, and and you get upset. That there's always that chance, but for the most part, this should be a pretty good matchup for South Carolina. Um, the, the fact that Chris mentioned again, we talked about it a second ago, their offensive line struggles, that should set up well for South Carolina, and. I think you want to just come out and, and jump on them. South Carolina's been pretty good in their first couple of drives during games this year. So, you know, I, I think that's another factor there. By the way, Kendall, Xavier Leggett, he is 27 yards away from 1,000 this year. So he could go over 1,000 yards receiving. Spencer Rattler is currently ninth in um, career passing yards at South Carolina. He's got a chance. I looked at it. I don't have it in front of me. I think he could get to maybe seventh this week. Okay. So so a, a couple of little things, you know, that are kind of obviously individual-based, but are, I think, worth noting and mentioning and acknowledging for these guys. Well, we already put them out. I think Jack Beltry put them out our predictions for this week. And we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, Wes. But I think I have 
South Carolina scoring the most points that they have all season in this game against Vanderbilt. I think that they'll have an opportunity to exploit that defense. I think things are just going to kind of come together for the Gamecocks again. That's my gut feel. We always talk about that gut feel Friday type of thing. That's my gut feel today. I don't know how you feel about that. Like you said, you think that South Carolina's offense might have a little bit more of an opportunity to keep this thing rolling. That way the defense isn't having to be so pressed about getting out there every single offensive drive for Vanderbilt and getting a stop. Of course, you want to see that. But in my opinion, I think it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game on both ends. I still think South Carolina is going to run away with it by a sizable margin. But I did have in that prediction that South Carolina is going to score the most points they have all season, more than they did in the Furman game, actually. So I'm predicting for them to go off. You're squinting your eyes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at your prediction, and I, I'm just sitting here thinking, I won't give it away yet, but Gamecock fans would be equally excited about that point total for the offense and equally frustrated with that allowed by the defense. Well, I feel like it would be maybe a little bit naive for me to sit there and say, all right, South Carolina is going to score the most points that they have all season. And the defense is only going to allow 10 points. Like I just you, don't have not, a reason. Not in the cards. It's on the cards. In my opinion, I don't really have anything to back that statement up at this point. So I don't, Want to go down that route? But anyways, we'll get into that in a little bit. Wes, want to talk about some key players in tomorrow's game, especially, uh, you know, we'll talk about offense, we'll talk about defense. Um, want to start with offense for you. So Dakarian Joyner, not playing. Juice Wells, not playing. We know Xavier Leggett has been fantastic. Joshua Simon getting a lot more targets last week. Trey Knox is going to be back this week for the Gamecocks. Who are the keys and who... Are the guys that if you're Dow Loggins, you're like, yeah, that's who I'm targeting. Besides the obvious, obvious answer of Xavier Leggett. Yeah. <laughs> so don't waste your breath on that one because we already know that's in the cards. So we used to have the no Spencer rule, right? Like you can't say Spencer Rattler. Yeah, we're not. Point. We're talking about like targets here. Like yeah. And, but now, now we have the no Spencer and no Leggett rule. I yes. think you you just can't use them because they're they're the obvious. Obvious. Yeah. You know what? I kind of think not not a receiving target, but I would say Mario Anderson, just because th there won't be Joiner to spell him, and you know Trey Knox is back, but we'll see. Is he kind of on a pitch count, or is he just like boom, a hundred percent out there like he normally is? I, I do think you could maybe see Josh Simon once again play a little bit more like he did last week, just because of Trey Knox coming off the injury. So I think Josh would be a good answer, but I think they're going to want to try to find some balance. I think that means feeding Mario Anderson. I think that means kind of having a game plan a little bit like the Florida game where you, you're throwing it around, but you're also continuously going back to the run. It, it feels like for the most part, they've had to throw more than run, except for that Mississippi State game. It's kind of the opposite. They just said, we're going to force feed our running backs. But I, I think Anderson could have a big day. Vandy has not been great at stopping the run. And, um, you know, like we talked about that offensive line too, Kendall, maybe having the same five guys and just settling in on that group. So I would say Mario Anderson on offense. Who you got? I mean, I think you're finding Trey Knox tomorrow. Like, I think See, I, knew, I knew you were going there. 
Why? Why did you know I was going there? Well, you mentioned him in your staff picks, so I, yeah. I just assumed you were. I actually did mention him in my staff picks. I, I went I, the Michigan route and and stole your signs here. I keep updating my phone. When are we going to get some information on that? We were supposed to be getting information. I thought early this afternoon, which I guess it's two forty-seven. So like, it technically is early afternoon. You could consider that, you know, earlier on in the day, but. I want to get this information and I'm trying to find out what is going on actually here in Charlotte. This is totally off topic. And then I will continue with, with what I was going with. Uh, Biff, our head coach for UNC Charlotte just popped off about the whole situation. So I won't get into that, but you know, he was at Michigan. He's got some stuff to say. So that is what is currently going on in the world of Charlotte. Not a, not a fan, but anyway, moving on. It's definitely an interesting situation going on over there. Back to South Carolina. Trey Knox is my guy. I think you got to shake it up a little bit. We talk about Xavier Leggett all the time. Obviously, he's going to be your primary target tomorrow, but you're getting a guy like Trey Knox back in the mix. We've seen some really good things that he's been able to do this year for South Carolina. So I think they're going to try to get him a bunch of targets tomorrow because they're going to they're gonna want to make sure that confidence is up, especially as you're heading into these last two games of the season. So that is my guy on offense. Let's switch to defense. We heard it from Chris Lee. The thing that he was the most positive about, I would say, with Vanderbilt is that receiver group. So mm-hmm. if you're South Carolina, you're maybe a little bit nervous because you're like, all right, our past defense has been – you know, it's been what it is this year. So for U.S. defensively, who's got to step up tomorrow? Mm. I had honestly, I had about six guys roll through my head here that that could be options on this. Um, let let's go with let's go with DQ Smith and oh, that was my pick. Now you're gonna make me switch it. Okay, you can have DQ. I'll, no, I'll you give can have DQ. You can. We can both have DQ if that was our honest answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I didn't have a this your signs you on this. Did not one, pre-plan right? this. Yeah, so DQ, and I, the reason I say this, and really, I'm more just talking about the safeties in general. But there's been plays down the field where the cornerback kind of gets blamed, but really, you look back and it's like, man, he he was supposed to have safety help there. The safety has got to be in position to make the play. So. Vandy, you know what? They're they're not really a team that scares you elsewhere. And they don't have Ray Davis at running back anymore. That that's the other thing, going back to Chris Lee and his conversation. And how how bad does that sort of suck for them and their fans that I mean, Ray Davis is a stud running back. And now you didn't get him as a high school guy. He transferred to them from Temple. So maybe there's just not quite as much loyalty there as there would have been anyway but man that guy you know I guess the best back in the SEC right now and he transfers to an SEC East rival in Kentucky so you know I don't think there's a guy in their backfield that scares you is my roundabout point I'm trying to get to so if you can keep it in front of you on the outside as far as their passing game the rest probably takes care of itself so Really, I'm just saying they're safeties, but I, I had to pick one, so we'll go with DQ. I'm going DQ as well. I just want to see South Carolina's pass defense in general get cleaned up from top to bottom. It's obviously been a point of concern this year for the Gamecocks. 
against a team like Vanderbilt, you probably will be able to make a couple of mistakes here and there because you can't just fully rely on the accuracy of the Vanderbilt offense to be consistent and to be really, really good from top to bottom of tomorrow's game. But when you're playing against a team like Kentucky, that is better. When you're playing against a team like Clemson, that is a lot better. You are going to get exploited if you're not on top of it. So, yes, I would like to see better top-to-bottom pass defense, but D.Q. Smith is also my pick as well. I think he's had some moments this season where he's been blamed, and like you said, you know, there's a full picture that's involved in all of this, but want to see a little bit more from him as we get into tomorrow. Comment here. I hope we want run Braswell more on Saturday. Mario looked a little beat up last week, and I want Super Mario for Kentucky and Clemson. What do you think yeah, I don't I don't always agree with Jay Diz's comments, but I I agree with this one. And that's because I'm heavily biased towards DJ Braswell. <laughs> I've been calling for some DJ Braswell all year long. He got in for one play on offense last week, Kendall. I about stood up and I was like, here we go. Time for 23. <laughs> this is my time. And, and Wes uh, is usually on it with that stuff. Like when Wes has a guy that he is high on. I will say nine times out of ten, he is usually right. Lenora That's why I'm Sellers. stuck on it. I'm like, DJ, come on, man. Like, I, you're my guy. Uh, um, but no, I still, I think, just wait. I, like, I have. It's only freshman year, right? Don't, don't give up there yet. I think, I think next year we're gonna be talking a lot about DJ Braswell. But may, maybe, maybe Jay Diz is right. You have no to carry on Joiner, Mario Anderson. That's a tough dude. Like he, he came off the field. You know, he looked to be in pain. He comes back out, runs hard every time. You kind of know what Juju's going to give you. And uh, so without Joyner, maybe, especially if you can get a lead in this game, maybe this is when we get to see 23 go out there and, and run the ball a little bit more. He's on kickoff coverage now, which uh, is actually, um, you know, is actually something he wasn't doing earlier this year. He really has only played in two games so far. So we'll see. Okay, Wes. God Loves Comics is not impressed. Yeah, this is this is not going in your favor here in the comment section a little bit, Wes. But we'll see how it pans out. We got next year. Uh, big fan of DJ Braswell here with Wes. And we know he was Lenora Sellers' number one fan when Lenoris was in high school. And Lenoris getting a lot of praise this week. Clayton White, very high on Lenora Sellers and what he's been able to do with the scout team for the Gamecocks. He has been talked about a lot on Gamecock Central, obviously, for all the right reasons. Just a fantastic kid and just such a bright future in front of him. So looking forward to that, but got to get through these next few games and then hopefully a fourth game if South Carolina is able to win out. Wes, let's get into our predictions for tomorrow's game. I can't wait any longer. We're nearing that hour mark and knowing you and me will talk about this for at least 10 minutes. So I want you to start. I am on the website right now on my phone. I see that my score is the highest prediction. I am okay with that. I am willing to take it and wear it. Like that's what I went with for us. You kind of went with what most of these people were saying on the site. I went con- a little conservative, right? Like a little conservative, but it was right in line with what everyone else said. If you haven't checked it out, GamecockCentral.com. We have a huge, 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 huge rivalry going on right now with our staff picks from week to week. Not just for South Carolina games. We pick 
games throughout the country that are happening in college football from week to week. The biggest games of the week, some of them are just random games. And Wes is winning right now. So let's hope that that goes down the tubes this week. Okay, that's rude. But first of all, <laughs> before we get, we're going to make them wait just a little bit longer before we give our picks here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Liberty Tax here in Columbia. Three convenient locations, 803-462-5576. Tax time right around the corner, actually, believe it or not. And uh, before the year turns of 2024, especially if you've had changes in your life, maybe you've gotten married, maybe you've gotten um, unmarried, um, maybe you've had a situation where you've started a business. I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, if you've had life changes and your tax sort of picture has changed, um, there might be some things you can do to go ahead and prepare yourself now that will help your tax situation for when you're doing your taxes in 2024 for the year 2023. So my man, Larry, he can help you with all that. Give him a call, 803-462-5576. Kendall, what's your uh, – you, you go first. What's, what's your score? Well, I was actually looking up the weather for tomorrow because I was going to give a weather report here live on GC Live because I just wanted to be a meteorologist. But for me, I'm feeling confident in the Gamecocks tomorrow. I just think – they are the better team, no doubt, from top to bottom. So I wrote here, again, that South Carolina is going to have their best offensive performance of the season. I think they're going to score the most points that they have all year. They're coming in with a little bit of confidence from a win last week. So I have got South Carolina 48, Vanderbilt 31. Again, probably feeling pretty good about that if you're a Gamecock fan from an offensive standpoint, probably not feeling so good about that if you're a Gamecock fan from a defensive standpoint. But I just haven't seen enough from the defense this year to make me believe they're going to hold Vandy to 14 points or less. Yeah, Kendall, I, I went kind of with the easy answer here. I have South Carolina 38, Vanderbilt 21. I, I think if they played 10 times, most of the time it would sort of end around that um, – Score differential, South Carolina has scored right around that pretty much every home game this year as well. So I, I think anything around 40 kind of makes sense for the offense. And I, I do think – can they turn Vandy over a couple of times probably is going to be the difference in whether it's like a true blowout or whether they have to at least sort of sweat this thing out just a little bit as it progresses. So I think South Carolina will win. Could be ugly again, could not. You know, you, you're kind of just waiting to see them put it all together and, and play their best game of the year, top to bottom. And that ultimately is what I'm very interested in seeing and will be most focused on. Yes, you need to win the game, but can you use this game as a bounce-off point for the final two? I think it's very important to go into those last two with a little momentum, not feeling – you know, not feeling – Deflated. I mean, just didn't play well. Yeah, yeah. I think um, for the fan base too, you're going to have a good crowd for that Kentucky game next week. But I think you can take it to another level if you um, if fans feel good, you know, leaving this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. There was a question earlier. I don't want to ignore about recruits. Um, I think Kentucky and Clemson are going to be your bigger weekends as far as recruits. I'm still working on putting together a list for this week. Um, I'm hoping to have that before the game on a couple of guys that that could be in town, but we'll, we'll see if we can do that or not. Most weeks we do have that, so I'm, I'm working on that. I'm hoping to have that for you 
But I, I really think Kentucky and then Clemson. Clemson, you always have a bunch of the in-state guys in town. So um, we'll find out on Monday whether that's a night game or a day game for the Clemson Tigers. What do you think? What's your prediction? I'm predicting Probably a day game, I think. You think a day but, game? Yeah, but we'll see. I think it'll be a night game. I was thinking about that this morning. As you're I was just, you're just hoping it's a night game. I won't get to be there regardless because I have a hockey game. And I actually do kind of hope it's a night game because the hockey game is at 4 p.m. So then I'll actually be able to watch it. If it's a noon game, I have to be at hockey at like 1. So then I'll be doing this same number where I'm like this, looking at my phone and probably just getting way too distracted. But, yeah, I think we'll do a recruiting rundown next week. Hold me to that because then we can talk a little bit about what's going on heading into Kentucky We'll try to maybe yeah, make, make it happen. In the next two weeks. People love the recruiting rundown. So we'll try to keep that one coming. Uh, Want to do my little weather report before tomorrow. I think most of you guys know it's probably not going to be the best day to play football, but it's still going to be a Saturday in South Carolina. So I know everyone out at that game is going to have a ton of fun. High of 54 winds Northeast going five to 10 miles per hour chance of rain 60% tomorrow. That's what we're getting from weather.com. Thank you. Thank you. I did not go to school for meteorology, clearly. But shout out to one of my friends, fellow South Carolina grad. She is a meteorologist, my friend Caden. She's crushing it. Anyways, uh, Wes, any final thoughts before tomorrow's game? This is the last GC Live. Any words of advice, final thoughts, predictions, opinions that you feel like you just have to get off of your chest right now before we end this show? No, apparently... Wear a jacket, uh, take a raincoat. You can't take umbrellas in the stadium, so be aware of that. Um, enjoy the game. Should be a win. I think we're all in agreement on that, but but we'll see. Uh, I think I think I'm tapped out for the week, Kendall. That's it. Well, um, very honestly though, to go back to something I said earlier, very happy for Xavier Leggett getting over uh, a thousand yards potentially. We actually had an over. We had our, our buy or sell today. Uh, segment brought to you by Kendall Walsh. Buy or sell, Leggett goes over a thousand yards for the season by the end of the first quarter against Vandy. Buy. You're buying it. Yeah, it's 27 yards. Yes. It's probably all going to be on one going, play. What? It's probably all going to be on one play. Yeah. I feel yeah, like. that's what I'm saying. Like an explosive play. You're coming out. You're not messing around. It's like, we are here. This is the South Carolina offense. Like Vanderbilt, you guys should be scared. Explosive play. Rattler to Leggett. 70 yards. Give it to me. Let's go. Greg says yes. Uh, <laughs> Travis says first drive. Maybe they'll just throw a bomb to him on the first play and just get this thing over with. But no, I seriously. I like that segment by yourself. That's yeah. a good segment. Buy or sell brought to you by it. Kendall Walsh. Who yeah. Is a realtor and a that is a great her. segment. I'm totally here for it. Um, I really miss you guys too. GC is always going to be fam. That's why I'm trying to stay as involved as I possibly can with all of my other jobs. But I miss you guys. Big night here in Charlotte tonight as well. Gamecock men's basketball team playing at 930 against Virginia Tech. That's a little too late for my liking. 
these 9:30 tip-offs like you're young ooh, you're young you're young but um still young anymore. It, it probably will tip at like 10 really too because there's multiple games yeah going on so uh hey jack veltry will be providing coverage for that on gamecock central so check it out hey we're gonna find out a pretty good bit about this team today i i feel like in terms of that's a matchup power five opponent um we'll see so if y'all uh Read about it tomorrow if you don't get to watch it tonight, but hopefully you'll Buy or sell. South Carolina wins tonight against Virginia Tech. Comment quick. Buy or sell. What do you guys think? They're biased, though, Kendall. They're going to buy that, I think. (laughs) But I I don't know anything about Virginia Tech, to be honest. But if if you're in the – redemption in the Queen City immediately. If if you are – If you're like me. South Carolina played here. If you're like me and you you need to learn a little bit about these two teams and the uh, matchup, we also have an article for that on Gamecock Central. So we have everything on Gamecock Central. So head over to GamecockCentral.com, subscribe. For the amount of articles and the amount of content that you get, I haven't done this math, but I'm gonna go ahead and guess. You're paying like a penny per article by the time the year is all said and done. Probably less. I don't probably know. Probably less. You're probably paying less than a penny per article by the time the calendar year ends and you have paid for your whole subscription. It's 100% worth it. Wes and I were just talking. He hired me as an intern like three years ago, which is so sad. Or two years ago. I don't remember. But it was years ago. And I feel like the time just goes by fast. But Gamecock Central stays consistent. And they're always giving you the best coverage that you could possibly ask for in the world of South Carolina athletics. We're also on social media at Gamecock Central. So be sure to follow us on all of the platforms like our stuff, give it a love on Facebook, share it, comment. You guys are the best fan base in the world. I know it hasn't been the picture perfect season, but there is an opportunity here for South Carolina to finish it out strong. They're going to have to continue with this string of games that are must wins tomorrow, noon Eastern time, the SEC network and at williams Bryce Stadium. It's South Carolina against Vanderbilt. Thank you guys so much for joining me here alongside of Wes Mitchell on this edition of GC Live. Hopefully I'll be back sooner rather than later. We're doing the recruiting rundown next week, Wes. So if you have any recruiting questions, head over to the Insiders Forum, let us know, and we will be back. Wes, anything you want to say? Nope. I'll uh, see everybody on Monday. So y'all have a good weekend. Or maybe you'll see them tomorrow tailgating. Don't be shy. Say hi. That, That is true. Say what's up if you're out there. I'll be there. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on GC Live. Have a great and safe weekend, and we will see you guys soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.